VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. I know that many of you are burdened for unsaved family members and friends, people you know, you love, uh, and you also know that if they took their last breath today, they would enter a Christless eternity. This Christmas season provides many unique opportunities to cross paths with some that you might see only once a year. Others in your family may see regularly, but to this point, they've been closed to the gospel message. You may be thinking that, well, I just need to stay quiet so as not to rock the boat and have peace and harmony this Christmas. And yet at the same time, you realize that life is but a vapor. We're here for a short time and then we're gone. Some of you may be wrestling with this very matter today, wondering, what should I do? How do I approach family members, loved ones, friends. With the gospel, I've been rejected so many times before. How would I even start a conversation? Well, we're going to be tackling a number of those issues today. It's our privilege to have with us on Crosstalk, John Sorensen. He is a president and CEO of Evangelism Explosion International. It's a ministry that trains people how to share their faith in Christ and how to bring people from unbelief to belief. He's a daily speaker also on Share Life Today. John, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Jim, it's a real delight, so thank you for having me on. John, would you agree that that this is a unique time of year when hearts are just maybe a bit more tender towards spiritual things? I mean, people are going to hear church choirs or Sunday school Christmas programs, any number of special events who otherwise would normally be close-minded to these things? Absolutely. You know, I saw a video yesterday on YouTube or whatnot of— the nativity being presented uh, in Times Square, and I was just blown away with what happened as people stopped and were mesmerized by what they saw up on the screens. And I had something similar like this happen. We were in New York, and I went to the the Rockettes deal, and right in the middle, the nativity scene comes on, and they begin to talk about uh, Jesus and what happened, and 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 sharing the Christmas story. And you could have heard a pin drop. It was so people were just mesmerized. And I was looking around, watching the faces, and, you know, I guess with what you hear today in the news and what you see, you would imagine people would be throwing things and saying, nah, we, but none of that. I mean, people were just watching the story and taking it in, and, and you could see that people were from all different walks and all different uh, backgrounds and cultures and whatnot, and yet they were just fixed on this story. It, it really is the greatest story ever told about how God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, his son, and lived a perfect life, and we get to know him. It is such a great story. And yes, Jim, I think that there's an openness to it today uh, because of the season. Indeed, and I think even of the the uh, the Christmas carols that are sung and, and that are sometimes just in the music when one is shopping in various malls or centers, retail stores, and, uh, you know, a song like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, that the gospel message is in that song, if only people would listen. You know, and it's everywhere. I was in a hotel the other day um, in Korea, of all things, and all of the music that was being played in the in the, the out in the, the lobby was Christian music. And I was surprised. I went up to the manager and I said, "Did you intentionally pick Christ, Christian music to put on, on the speaker, or you know, did that just happen?" And he goes, "No, those are, those are the best songs." Wow, tremendous! <laughs> and, but you're exactly right, and it was so easy to then just say, you know what, I love this song, you know, to, to a person that was at a table near me. And, and you know, and the person even asked, what do you like about it? And I was able to use some of the lyrics out of the song. And it was Hark the Herald Angel yeah. thing to that point. And, uh, but you no, know, it's, it's all around us and it's wonderful. Yeah, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy, mild God, and sinners reconciled. Reconciled, What yeah. an opportunity. Well, let, let's talk about the, the concern many have, John, in, in reaching their family as they gather together this Christmas season. Are, are there some do's or don'ts that are important to keep in mind? Well, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I would suggest, see, it's not Christmas just yet, 
And so, um, if, and it's way easier to practice on people that aren't your family. And so I would urge folks that are listening, you know, go down to the coffee shop and try to start a conversation with somebody and to just begin to, to, to allow yourself to talk, bring Jesus into the conversation and, and see how that goes. Now's a really good time to do that. And if you're willing to invest, you know, five, six, seven hours, you can go to our uh, website, Life. Uh, dot today and we've got an online training program you can take that and you in in, the, in six or seven or ten hours whatever you can invest in it uh, it'll give you some real good tools for having conversations some stories that you can share some some bible verses but here's the thing i suspect those listening you already know what you need to know as far as bible verses and a few stories uh, to your point with with relatives yes it is more challenging and you know, sadly, there's kind of a bit of a uh, of a lie that's been shared in the church that we've believed, and that is that you have to become friends with somebody in order to tell them about Jesus. And it's actually the exact opposite. The, the more you know somebody, the harder it is to get into the conversation. And um, yeah, so and there's nobody that you know more than your family. I, I guess that... Uh, we can talk about different ideas for how to get into those conversations, mm-hmm. but the first, uh, the, the the overriding thing that I would share here first, Jim, is that we just have to be in in captured by love. We we if we can bring some of what you just shared in the opening to our mind as we begin uh, to 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 have these conversations and to put a seriousness on it and an urgency to it. Uh, based on you know some of what you just shared about the reality of life and time and mm-hmm. and 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 there's of course nobody that we would love to see in heaven more than our family and I guess that would be the first thing that I would share is to to be in just incredibly genuine and let love prevail and too many of the conversations that we have today in this world don't have love at the heart of them. And what I've discovered is you can talk about incredibly difficult things if they're if it's just wrapped, if it's just oozing in love, and and the person that we're talking to knows that the reason that we're sharing is be, is out of the, just this immense love that we have for them. Yeah. And so I mean I I for me it helps me so much if I frame my mind in that as I start into the conversation. And it, it even changes the way that I speak. It changes the tone that I have. It changes the, uh, and and you can tell that people respond to that, to that love mm-hmm. uh, very much. And on the contrary, are there some, some warnings that you would have, don't do this? Well, yeah, I mean, it certainly isn't going to help. You cannot argue anybody into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first warning is don't argue, you know, listen, um, Ask good questions, and, and the more profound the question that you can ask, um, you, the more profound the answer is going to be that you're going to get back with the more telling. And so learn to pick up a couple of really good questions, ask those questions, and then be mm-hmm. willing to listen and answer, and then do everything in your power to not argue, but to build on top of what it is that the, the person is sharing um, that's, you know, would be my, my grand, grandest warning is just don't get into arguments. Mm-hmm. I think that's so often what we do. And, um, and I think, again, love prevails in this case. And, and if we genuinely love, then we're going to listen, we're going to understand, and we're going to be able to build. And, and really the key, I think, more than anything else, I, I was sharing with somebody the other day, and I just got into the conversation by saying, you know, I really love this kind of this time of year. And, and the person was like, well, you know, why? And then I shared a personal story. And I think that's the key. You know, my dad died when, uh, right before Christmas, when I was in my early 20s. And it really had an effect on my experience of Christmas, as you can imagine. Well, then, a number of years later, right before Christmas was when I came became a Christian and my experience of Christmas changed again, and now I'm kind of a, a Christmas freak. I just, I love, mm. I go overboard with uh, Christmas things because I've so fallen in love with Jesus and what he did for us. And so it's really easy for me to talk about how my life is so very different today, and my experience of Christmas is different because I actually know who Jesus is, and I don't just know about him, I actually know him personally. Amen. And to be able to share that is really easy for me. Uh, but it starts with that story of your own mm-hmm. life and how 
how your life has been changed by knowing Jesus. Amen. And, and what marvel do you feel when it comes? What What is your favorite Christmas song? As you just were saying, Jim. Mm-hmm. You know, and why is that? And and what does this mean to you? Um, and I think that. Uh, experiential things are actually very easy to share in today's world. You'll get almost no argument from people as to the things that you feel. Now, oftentimes with family members, we have to almost apologize for and say, you know, now you see me, you know me, and sometimes I don't live up to this. There are times when I don't do the things that I'm saying to you right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the, but it's it's one of the great uh, challenges of my life is I'm learning to live for Jesus, and I'm learning to live this way. And and so, like I say, sometimes it's harder with people you, you know than it is with, with people that you don't. Sure. Uh, we're talking with John Sorensen today, President and CEO of Evangelism Explosion International. And uh, John, and whether it be that of a total stranger or, or that of a family member, you, you were talking about uh, conversation starters and uh, personal experience being one. Are, are, there, are there other thoughts you have about starting, opening a conversation in order to present the gospel? Absolutely. And if you, uh, it's going to have a little to do with whether you've talked to the person that we're thinking about, about the gospel repeatedly in the past, that's going to change it a little bit. But let's uh, take for a second somebody that you really haven't had that conversation. You know, I'm thinking right now, even as we're talking of this, of my uncle's daughter, and I've never really had the conversation with her. I know we're, we're, we're friendly, obviously, she's uh, related to me. But, you know, so in this case, what I've done is I've said, you know, my wife and I are going to be up um, and and I'd really love to go to coffee with you. I'd, I'd like to get to know you a little bit and I'd like for you to get to know us a little bit as well and um, and talk about Christmas and what it means to us. Would you be willing to do that? And of course, she said yes already. So in that case, it's asking for a private personal time together Mm. to share with this person, your family, the most important thing. My my wife has done this systematically with her family, all all from up in the Nebraska area, and just personal one-on-one coffee times, tea times, uh, to to chat, to get to know one another better, to, to catch up with one another, whatever that might be. But the key, I guess there, Jim, is the asking price asking for that private time. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do it uh, when there's 500 people packed in the, the room and, you know, football's on in the back, you know. Yeah. Uh, ask instead. So that's if with somebody that you've really not uh, shared with before. Just be intentional this year. Make a time to go to coffee. Make a time to go to tea and say, you know, I really want to to talk about something important with you, some the greatest thing I've ever discovered. I'd like to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let them be surprised about the conversation that is going to be a you know an important. And but when you're together, then share your testimony of the difference Jesus has made in your life. And and you know the key is the keys of the gospel, which we certainly can talk about mm-hmm. here if if you'd like to. But it's asking for that private time. I think is this, and if you'll do that. You know, the chances are they're going to say yes. What what many people don't realize, a lot of Christians don't realize, is that there in America today, there is a genuine openness uh, to talk about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're experiencing, we just did a formal study with LifeWay Research. I'll tell you what, we're going to have to break in right here, John. We'll talk about that study right after the break. John Sorensen with us, being a witness this Christmas season, back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, author and seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what's involved in being created in the image of God? Chris, being in the image of God is more than just being a two-legged, two-armed creature. There's some sense in which God uses the human form to express his own nature like the arm of the Lord, but God does not have a physical body. I suspect that the image of God deals with our spiritual nature, our appreciation for beauty and ability to love, and our ability to love and reject God, and of course, our eternal soul. A recent research project identified perhaps another aspect. It was shown that those people who love others and provide emotional support for others live longer themselves. These are godly qualities, and maybe that's part of being the image of God. If we live like that, it's beneficial. 
You see, Chris, even the way we act, it all goes back to Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. John Sorensen, our guest. He's president and CEO of Evangelism Explosion International. And we're talking about being a witness this Christmas season. Friends, if you missed the website he gave just a little while ago, it's sharelife.today. Sharelife.today. You'll also find information at evangelismexplosion.org. Uh, John, you were just uh, going into the break there, beginning to uh, uh, tell us about some research from Lifeway. What is that research? And it's so surprising, Jim, and that's why I share it. And and I, I believe that many folks that hear that what I'm just about to say will be will find it hard to believe. But this is the truth about America today: that right at 60 percent of Americans today are saying to us that they're that they're very happy to have a spiritual conversation with mm-hmm. a family member, with a friend, with somebody that they know. And even all it's 51% with a stranger, that, that that's how open people are hmm. today to having. Uh, now, I say that, and, you know, it could be that, that your family member's in the 40% that's mm-hmm. not willing to hear, but you don't know unless you ask. Literally, hmm. you could talk to, to 10 people today and say, hey, are you, are you wanting to have a spiritual conversation with somebody, a, a coworker, a friend, you know, something like that? You could say, are you wanting to have one, but you don't know, you don't have anybody to have that conversation with? Because I, I got to tell you, I'd be willing to do that. And, and you're going to find six out of 10 of the folks that you, that you talk to are like, yeah, I would like to have that conversation. And so uh, I, I share that study um, just to say that, that your family members could very well be in that number of people that, mm-hmm. are, that are open to spiritual things. And you don't know unless you broach the, the, the topic. So, and so you yeah. know, we, we talked about uh, certainly, uh, you know, trying to set aside that, that key time and uh, an appointment, if you will, going to, uh, to mm-hmm. coffee or something of that nature with, with a family member, loved one. But let's also talk about a total stranger. There are many people who are going to be flying this Christmas season, sitting sure. next to somebody uh, briefly on a plane or crossing somebody, uh, maybe a shared ride service, something of that nature. What, what would be a good conversation starter in, in that particular situation? Yeah, and, and so with strangers, it's pretty simple for you to say, you know, again, you start with a testimony. And, and so I had this happen just the other day in a, in a rideshare kind of a deal. And, and I, you generally ask the person where they're from. And this particular man told me that he was from Ethiopia. And, and I said, well, you know, I'm just really curious to know what sort of, do you, did you, did your family celebrate Christmas in Ethiopia? And he was like, well, you know, so it took, you know, sometimes if you did and this and that, and then I would ask him what the most famous, uh, what their favorite celebration was for for Christmas and whatnot. So it's a real easy thing to ask, and then then it's so simple for you to say what you love the most. And I love the most uh, candlelight Christmas Eve services, and when you know things are a little dark and and people have got candles and we're singing hymns and and Christmas carols. And we're reading the Christmas story out of Luke chapter two. And it was very easy for me to just kind of slide into it and say, you know, it, it says that there was this time when, when a, a, a census came out and, and Mary and Joseph had to travel to, and I just went rehearsed back through the story. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's just not, it really isn't hard, you know, to ask people. I was sitting on an airplane the other day and, and, I happen to have uh, a copy of the book, The Christ of Christmas, which I've been working on, you know, and had, was just finishing and about to send to the to the printer. And um, anyway, and and I said, you know, I got to tell you, I've just written a book, and it's about Jesus, and especially about Christmas, because, you know, it's got, Christmas has Christ's name in it. It's his birthday that we're talking about. And so it was so easy for me to say to her, do you celebrate Christmas. And she says, well, we have, you know, as a family, but not to the way you're talking about it. And Jim, at the end, she goes, can I have that book? Wow. I would like to know, I would like to know Jesus the way you're talking about. Wow. Wow. And of course I, you know, went through the gospel with her and uh, she didn't take a decision right then, but I believe mm-hmm. she will. And, 
but that was, you know, just getting in, I guess the point, I, the biggest point there is to just not be quiet because mm-hmm. that's so easy for us to do that, to just say, you know what, they don't want to hear. And that's not true. It, it, it may be in a few cases, but as a general rule, especially if we're not preachy, if we're not shouting at people, if mm-hmm. we're not telling them, you know, turn or burn, if we're genuinely out of love where we started, if we're genu- genuinely sharing. And one of the things that I've discovered, especially with young people, if I'll imagine I'll even ask sometimes, like with this lady that was sitting next to me on the plane, I said, you know, how old are you? Do you I know maybe that's not an appropriate question, but <laughs> can I ask, you know, and, and, and then she told me like 28 and I said, well, you know what, all of my children are older than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not as young as my grandkids, but you're in that spot between my children and my, and I said, would you allow me to speak to you as a father would to a daughter? Mm. And, and I mean, to tell you, she started to cry, Jim, and, and to say, you know, because I wish somebody, if my kids didn't know this, I would wish someone would share with them wow. uh, this wonderful truth. And, um, and I just don't find a lot of resistance right. Uh, right. To, to people having genuine conversation to, about things that that matter. You know, you talked about sharing the gospel, and I, I want to be sure our listeners are are aware of the essential elements in sharing the gospel. Well, we talk about the gospel, but but uh, what do we mean by sharing the gospel? What are those essential elements? A- Amen. Thank you, Jim. And and by the way, they're not unique to EE. They've existed since Jesus ascended into heaven. You know, theologians have generally agreed that there are four key principal truths that are in the gospel. And now in EE, we add a fifth one to the front because we want to start the conversation on a good note. Um, and that is that we talk about the fact that heaven, eternal life, being with God forever is absolutely free. It's something that God wants to give to us. And we know it from Scripture. We, we, there's a verse that says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But, so we know this is true. Probably my favorite verse is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. And so, just we add that that keep that fifth principle, the one that we start the conversation. So, with this lady on the airplane, I said, mm-hmm. "Listen, I got to tell you, heaven, being with God, this this idea of eternity with with God, it's a gift, and God wants to give it to you. But there is some bad news, and that's the second point that's there, and that is that we're all sinners, and and the truth is that our sin is pervasive. It just separates us from an all-holy God. And I said to this lady next to me, I said, you know, there won't be a single sin in heaven. God can't stand sin. Sin's not okay with God. And and so, you know, it's a real problem. And the, the truth is, is that I'm much greater sinner than probably I would admit. And I think that's true of all of us. And she didn't disagree. I said, in fact, the Bible says all have sinned. It's true. It's every every one of us has. So that's the second point, and that is that that man's a sinner, and because we're sinners, we cannot save ourselves. That disqualifies us from heaven. There's no sin that will ever be in heaven. And the third point, and I think it's left out of many gospel presentations, I think it's important, and that is the nature of God. While God loves us, that's true. Lots of people will talk about God's love but he can't stand sin, and I mean, literally cannot stand it. He, he will. There's. He can't even look upon it. His eyes are too holy, and so you know, it's it really separates us because of God's nature. And uh, shared that with her. She didn't disagree. I said, but here's the wonder of it all. This is the the uh, what would be the third of these key points, but the fourth point in what I'm sharing, and that is Jesus, who he is, and what he did. And I was able to share with her that Jesus is, in fact. God in the flesh, that he came from heaven to earth, he lived an absolutely perfect life. He died on the cross, which is kind of funny to be talking about Easter at Christmas, but it's the way it is. It's mm-hmm. the same story. It's the point of it all. The reason Jesus came uh, as a baby, I mean, many people don't know, why would he have to come as a baby? Well, he had to come as a baby to live an absolutely perfect life and to live every day we've lived, from the moment of our birth and to the moment of our death, except he did it without sin. And then, wonder of wonders, he he decided, he chose to trade his life for our life. So his perfect life for our sinful life, we traded. And then he got our sinful life, we get his perfect life. 
And this is the most incredible news. The, the humans, it's why the angels appeared in the heaven and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The reason that all happened was they were so excited to tell this story that there was a way for sin to be removed and for man to once again walk with God. And I mean to tell you, it's the greatest news the world's ever heard. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the last point of the gospel is, well, how do you get it? If that's true, what I said, and it is, does everyone have it? And the answer is no. So then how do you get it? How do you receive it? And the Bible's pretty clear that the way that you receive this gift is through faith. And faith isn't just knowing about Jesus. Faith is actually putting your trust in him. And Jim, for many years, I, I was a Christian-ish kind of a guy. I went to church from time to time. I knew a lot of the story, and yet I had never taken that decision to put my trust in the cross work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the day that I did, I can just tell you this, the day that I took that decision to trust in Jesus and in Him alone, that my life was radically changed. And, you know, again, there's an opportunity to share a testimony. But those are the key components of of the gospel, if you will. And you don't have to say every word the way I just said it, Mm -hmm. but that is that, you know, man, our problem, God, his nature, Jesus, who he is and what he did, and finally, faith, what it's not and what it is. And faith is putting your trust in Jesus and him alone. And by the way, anyone listening who just heard that you know, some might say, and and maybe you're like me, you've gone to church your whole life, and yet you've never put your faith to where your faith is. Here's the way you know. Um, suppose you were to stand before God this very day, and he were to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? Now, now please allow yourself to answer that question. All those who are listening, if you were to stand before God, and he were to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And Jim, I can tell you my answer. I was a disc jockey in Omaha, Nebraska at the point when I was uh, asked this question. By the way, young people today don't even know what a disc jockey is. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I was. And um, and this guy asked me the question. And I'll tell you my answer was, I'm trying to be a good person. I hope the good things that I do outweigh the bad things I do. I'm trying really hard. I want I, I want to get to heaven. And, and I kept referring to a person in my answer. I kept saying, I'm a, I, 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 I. I had a Savior. His name was John. Mm. And sadly, that doesn't work. You know, I knew about Jesus. If you'd asked me, who is Jesus? Oh, he's the Son of God. What did he do? He died on a cross. I knew all the answers. But I had never put my trust in him. Today, my answer would be different. If, if God said, why should I let you into my heaven? I would say, because of Jesus, Mm. who he is, and what he's done for me. And I've put my trust in that. I have no other hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood Mm. and righteousness. I have no other hope. And when the day that happened in my life, I was radically changed. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. John Sorensen, our guest, president and CEO of Evangelism Explosion International. We're talking about being a witness for Christ this Christmas season. And uh, I'd like to open our phone lines to take your calls, the questions that you may have for our guest today. And uh, perhaps you've been just hitting your head against the wall. How do I deal with this situation? Looking for some help or guidance? Pick up your phone. Give us a call. 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY America Network. Many wonder about the 70 weeks prophecy found in the book of Daniel. While Daniel is praying for Israel, he receives a vision of Israel's future comprised of 70 weeks. But what do these weeks mean? In the book, Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, pastor and Bible prophecy speaker, Dr. Richard Schmitz carefully examines this vision, outlining the dispensational distinctives between the Old Testament, the New Testament, between Israel and the church, and between the law and the gospel of grace. He further examines the scriptures and details this pause between the 69th and 70th week of Daniel's prophecy, 
It is there where God placed this church age into his program. Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, is available for a donation of $17 to VCY America. Call 1-800-729-9829. Being a witness this Christmas season, John Sorensen, our guest here today on Crosstalk. Our telephone number, 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. John, I would like to also just have you address uh, the importance of prayer. How does prayer for these opportunities and sharing the gospel, how does prayer enter into our conversation? Jim, I am so glad you said that, and I should have said that earlier. Uh, Evangelism without prayer is presumption. You know, I mean, this is God's business. This is holy ground we're talking about. And, you know, prayer has to be in, through, before, intertwining in, uh, even we're we're quietly praying as we're talking with somebody, and they're talking back with us. This salvation is of the Lord. This is His business, and if we want to venture in to His work, we have to do so with through prayer. And uh, so that I'm so glad you said that. And I would urge people to begin. And and you know you can ask your friends to pray as well. I mean I've had a few. Uh, opportunities that I was was a little concerned about that that I wanted to share with a, a, somebody. Why well, get others to pray about it and say, "Hey, will you?" And it does two things. It keeps me accountable to to myself because I'm afraid every every gospel conversation I get into, I'm as, just as afraid as I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And and you know anybody who thinks that they've got this is probably doesn't have it. And so. You know, this is God's business, and so it, it keeps me accountable to do what I said I was going to do. And then number two, it bathes the conversation mm-hmm. uh, in prayer. And and God uh, always answers these prayers, and uh, many times, I mean, this you talk about praying in the will of God. I, I don't know how much more you can pray in the will of God than that people would get to hear the story of Jesus, who he is, and what, he, what he's done. So I, I think that's a, a real, really big key. You know, the the other day at church, I had a, a lady come up to me and say, and I guess I'd love for your listeners to hear this, and and said her concern was that she really wanted to share with her son, who was who had been in the church his whole life, knows the story, and yet isn't walking with Jesus, and and she really wanted to once again share the gospel with her son, and uh, said, how do you do that? And and you know, and I obviously you don't know the answer except. God knows, and, and you're, you're joining him in what he's doing. But here's what I suggested to her. Again, prayerfully uh, approach him and say, you know, chances are you're going to get me a gift this, this Christmas. I mean, I'm your mom. Uh, but here's the thing. I actually already know what I want. And, I mean, his ears perked up, and, and she, I said to say to her, and she did this, by the way. And um, so I don't know when the conversation is going to happen, but it's going to happen. And um, anyway, she said, the, the best gift that you could give me would be to go to coffee with me and then to let me once again rehearse to you why it is that I'm so in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that you might want to argue if, if, if it's the gift, then you have to just be quiet and listen to me mm-hmm. for 30 minutes well, and, <laughs> yeah. and just not argue with me. Don't say anything back. I just want to once again, just to make certain that you understand the truth of the gospel, and and if you do, that's great. And if you choose not to, well, that's your choice. But it's so it would crush me as your mother, you know, to one day die not knowing if for sure you know this. And and you know, and I, uh, people, I think. And by the way, back to, to finish that thought. It's the gospel that's the power of God into salvation. Right. And so, it, you know, the circumstances, whatever they may be, people need to hear the gospel. And, and you know, we can live with, while it's hard for us to understand, we can live with whatever decision God makes with that. Yeah. Um, I would wish that every one of my family knew the truth of the gospel, yeah. uh, regardless of whether they choose to believe in it. Our job is to share. It is. Yeah. We've got packed phone lines here. Uh, Keith is our first caller. Hi, Keith. You're on the air with John Sorensen. Yes. uh, Good afternoon, Jim and John. Um, First of all, let me tell you, 
I'm 90 years old, so cut me a little slack. <laughs> I'm a little confused. But I just wanted to point out that in testifying to this person sitting next to you, you also testified to people sitting ahead of you and behind you. Yeah, yeah. So your testimony was more than just to one person. Mm-hmm. I wanted to point that out. Yeah, indeed. Well, that is Thank really, you. Keith, a great, a great word. And in fact, I've had it happen before. Uh, I was ch- chatting with this young uh, person that was heading off to college, and, and I asked if they'd ever gone to church, if they had, you know, I urged them to get a church when they got there, and then ended up sharing the gospel with this young mm-hmm. man. And I had, I don't even know, half a dozen people are all around applaud at the end when he when he gave his heart to Christ. Wow, and, wow. Um, to, to your point, that's a such a great word. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Thank you, Keith. You're very welcome. Um, bye-bye now. Uh, we've got a caller from Oshkosh, Wisconsin Online. You're on the air. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I was wondering um, what might be a good thing to t- to say to someone who believes there is nothing after this life, that there is no such thing as heaven or hell. Hmm. Uh, well, again, as I said in the beginning, don't be contentious with folks. It's certainly they have every right to believe whatever they're going to believe. Uh, at the same time, you do believe there is, and and I... And I just don't, it's too many times Christians say, well, I can't say anything because the other person doesn't believe in this. And I just reject that almost out of, out of hand. I have a number of family members who, for whatever reason, have not accepted the gospel. Well, I still share God stories with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, unashamedly share God stories with them all the time. And they roll their head, their eyes or whatever and call me Amish or whatever they want to, uh, but the, the truth is they hear it, and, and, and the, but the stories that I share with them are the, are the real encounters with, with God. They're God encounters. Mm-hmm. When I go, oh my goodness, something happened yesterday, and I, I encountered God. And, you know, and again, sometimes they'll look at you funny, but at the same time, we, I just never, I'll never stop sharing those kinds of things yeah. with them. And, and sharing the, Here, truth, the truth of the Scriptures has got to be important. It is. And, you know, here's what the scriptures tell us, and that is that God has written eternity in the hearts of every man, every woman, every child. And and so that's either true or, or false. Now, I believe it's true. And so even though they say they don't believe any, anything after, then, you know, I just, I just refuse to believe that. Yeah. I have a few family members. Now, sometimes they'll use that as a smokescreen. They really don't care one way or the other, but they know it, it irritates you, so they yeah. say it. Uh, and if, if that's the case, well, then I don't know that I have anything to suggest. But there are people who genuinely want to have that conversation. And there has been some work done recently um, on afterlife um, uh, type books that are being written. There's quite a number of them. There was just one recently in the news, I think, last couple of weeks, I saw uh, a heart doctor did some research on, um, you know, the patients that had had died and then were brought back and what their experience was. And, and it was really telling. Uh, and this person had not been a Christian before the study and became a Christian after. Wow. And I, I wish I could tell you the name of it. It was just in the news. I saw just in the common news. Hmm. I saw uh, this in just in the last couple of weeks. And, but the reality is there is, there, there are studies like that out there um, which pretty much prove that people afterlife experience Life. You know, I, I think yeah. also the, the rich man and Lazarus from, from Luke 16, sure. what, a, what a tremendous, yeah. powerful story, you know, to print it off, give it to the individual and said, I know you don't believe in life after death, but read this. This is from the Bible and yeah. certainly can be powerful. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Mark in Monroe, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Yeah, uh, my comment is this. Uh, uh, the manger isn't so much offensive to most people, uh, but... Uh, I believe uh, it's the cross that is. Mm. My point is, is uh, the connection between the uh, the baby in the manger is isn't quite as much as uh, depicted. Ultimately, uh, like John the Baptist declares that, uh, you know, here's Christ, uh, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what I'm really getting at is. Um, um, you mentioned uh, Ephesians two eight and nine. Um, I think you have to make the connection between uh, Philippians two nine through eleven, where every knee will bow and every uh, tongue will confess mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
you know, to the glory of God the Father. Uh, so ultimately, you know, it's Christ's imputed righteousness that that just of, justifies the sinner, okay. reconciliation between yeah. uh, God and sinner. Amen. Thank you, Mark. And, yeah, and, wonderful. And and, yeah. and that's again, John, going back that takes us back to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. You know, we're talking about <laughs> God and sinners reconciled. Uh, friends, our number here to Crosstalk eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. Tony is calling from Charleston, Illinois. Tony, you're on the air. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Merry Christmas, brothers. Merry Christmas hey, to Merry you. Merry Christmas. Uh, John, I just want to say this, that I've been doing the best that I can evangelizing, and I just let the Holy Spirit do the leading, mm, and man. he gives me those words to say. Mm. And it wasn't too long ago, I didn't think I was really getting my points across or, you know, doing what I wanted to do. And the Holy Spirit said, Noah, you build the boat, <laughs> and you preach the word, mm. and I'll open and shut the door. Mm. Yeah. So Isaiah fifty five eleven, you know, he says my word will go out and it'll not come back void and it'll accomplish what I want it to do. Yeah. So get into the word, let the word do the speaking, let him do what he does, and it's the Holy Spirit that convinces, convicts, and converts. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I've held handed out some Bible tracts, and on the back of them, I just had them put on there: Jesus, Lord and Savior, Judge and Jury your choice. And I let it go at that. And I don't force it off on anybody. And there are those that will listen and there are those that won't. And the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Mm-hmm. And and we, and I'm reminded there, reminded there at the end of the Beatitudes, you know, where Jesus said, great is your reward when they're persecuted. And, and, and for my name's sake, because great will be your reward. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to bank on what he said. I'm taking him for his word because yeah. it's living and powerful. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. Thank you, Tony, so very much for those thoughts. Of great exactly. Points. You know, Tony, I'm so glad you said that. And just to remind that the only way that we can fail is by not opening our mouth and saying mm-hmm. anything, you know, by believing the lie that people aren't open, that they don't want to hear. The other thing that I thought was so important is don't be preachy about that. You know, at the same time, what Tony's saying is you share, and sharing is genuinely sharing. It's sharing something personal that you've experienced. Uh, this is all that a witness does is that they're looking at, they're, they're saying what they've experienced, what they've seen, what they uh, know to be true, and 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 speak of it in a way that it is so great. I mean, that's what I do is I, I always talk about I have the greatest thing and you know, chances are you'd want it as well. And I speak about it in, with that optimism, that positivity that comes, because it really is the greatest story that's ever been told. It's the greatest news. As those angels came to pronounce, you know, this is the great news that all of eternity uh, goes on, you know, one way or the other. And But I think that's such a good reminder. It's not our work. Our work is only in the sharing. God is the is the one who makes it uh, effective, who makes it work in the hearts of people as we share. Tony, we appreciate the call today. We're up against a break, and then we'll come back to more calls here. Uh, Justin and Chester stay in line there. And uh, friends, again, let me give you a couple of websites. They do have uh, teaching materials and, and uh, things you can do online and, and uh, encouragement there for for being a gospel witness, sharelife.today, sharelife.today, and also evangelismexplosion.org. But indeed, uh, be in prayer that God would open the door of opportunities. Pray for opportunities uh, for those to cross your paths. And rather, I should say, pray that your eyes would be open to the opportunities there are already there. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Right after the Obamas, Michelle and Barack Obama, produced a movie about a cyber attack on America, guess what happened? The Washington Post reports that China is attacking on the critical infrastructure of America. The timing is indeed interesting. But reality is... Apparently, the globalists like to tell us in advance what it is they're going to do. 
I believe this is for a few reasons. One is to show their power to people, to rub it in our face, if you will. But I think there's even a more sinister one, and that is the power that they think comes from telling things in advance, the power of the mind, the mind over matter, shamanism, occultism, the power of the mind to create. They think themselves God, and now they want to have a harmonic convergence that uses these negative thoughts, they think, to bring down America. It's pure occultism. Listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, John Sorensen with us today, President and CEO of Evangelism Explosion. We're going right back to the phone lines. Uh, let's see, holding the longest is Justin in Franksville. Justin, go ahead, you're on the air. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. I uh, was uh, sparked to call in when the gentleman spoke earlier about uh, who might be listening when we're. Uh, given the opportunity to share the gospel. And just a couple of years ago, I was uh, down in Texas and had the opportunity uh, to share share Christ. I was in a World War II rest, air, antique airplane restoration shop and had uh, about six, eight men standing around me, and I'm sharing Christ. It was just amazing how the Lord put it together. And after the conversation took place, uh, two of the men came up, and they're they're pastors in small churches there in in Breckenridge, Texas, and uh, they were just thrilled that I was here there from Wisconsin, willing to share the gospel with men that they've been trying to witness to for years. Mm-hmm. It was just exciting to see how the Lord's working, Jim. What you said right before the break, praying for opportunities—that's what we need to be doing, and in just being obedient, as uh, as John's saying doing our part in sharing the gospel and leaving God to do his part in bringing lost souls to Christ. And uh, I, I love 1 Peter 3.15, how it says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always. Hmm. And you give an answer to everybody who asks for the reason, the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear. And there's so much in that verse. Yeah. It is, yeah. It starts with sanctifying the Lord God in your heart. Yeah. And, and give people a reason to ask. And, and it's the joy that lies within us that others might see that the Lord could use to bring bring a lost soul to Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Justin. A great word. In that same study I mentioned earlier, we asked a bunch of people across America how vital they thought hope was. And 88% thought it was important or very important, and yet they have no idea how to get the hope. Yeah. And so we have it, as you said, the, the best, the first thing that we can do is to possess it ourselves and to experience it and to allow that experience to show through us, but then to be ready to give an account. I mean, that's the key. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, how do you get ready? Well, the best way to get ready is to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and if, I mean, if I'm going to get on an airplane and, and I want to have the pilot be ready to fly a plane, best way for him to be ready is that he flies every day. And if he does, then he's ready. And for us as believers as well, if, if we want to be ready, we've just got to do it. And as we do it, we're going to get better at it, and we're going to get um, – but to constantly be looking at what God's doing in our life already and be willing to share that with others and to be vulnerable and open. And I think that's the key. And people are, are genuinely open to receive that today. Thank you, Justin. People are hungry. We, yeah. we live in a lost world, and people are hungry, we really and we need to be sharing the Word of God. And it's the truth of the Word of God that will penetrate hearts. Amen. And Amen. Not, not the social gospel. We need to be That's sharing right. the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Thank you, Justin. Amen. All right. God bless you both. Bye-bye now. Bye. Let's go to Chester in West Virginia. Chester, you're on the air. Hey, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like what the man said a while ago, uh, just do it. You know, and as Christians, I find the reason it's so hard to witness to people anymore. The church has gotten so far away from the way we should be living, mm-hmm. and we're kind of being conformed to the world instead of being transformed from yeah. it. Yeah. And the best way to be a Christian is to live it. Mm-hmm. And our life ought to be, you shouldn't take a track to hand somebody to say, hey, I've got life, Christ in my life. Yeah. It ought to be our life that shows Christ. Mm. And then they ought to want to see, hey, 
how can I get what you got that even though you're going through hard times, you still got a smile on your face. Yeah. Our life is the greatest gospel that could ever be witnessed. Thank you, Chester. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I, I think John of a uh, song from Ron Hamilton, it says your, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. <laughs> no, it's, it's a fact. And that's why I think in the beginning, I said, when you're sharing with family, sometimes you have to apologize to them for the fact that they've seen you not do some of these things. Mm-hmm. And, but to tell them that you're being made new, you're being made different. And even open yourself up and ask, have you seen me learn? You know, because the Bible says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And, and honestly, I ought to be growing in every one of those capacities, the capacity to love and, and to have joy. And, to, and then, I, you know, I have to ask him, do you see me changing more and more um, like into that over time? And I think as a general rule, my family would say, yes, you, you can love in ways that you never used to yeah. be able to. Well, that only happens through God, through His Spirit in us. Amen. We're going to squeeze in one last call. Uh, We have just a minute and a half left. Dave in Woodburn, Iowa, you're on the air. Yeah, Jim, I just want to comment. I really appreciate what you and you're doing on the radio and all this kind of thing, and I appreciate you just now keeping the conversation focused on the Word of God Hmm. with the rich man and Lazarus about the heaven and hell experience. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you doing that, taking the focus off uh, all this uh, nonsense about people taking trips to heaven and hell and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Thank Thank you for doing that. There's a lot of that stuff going on. It's popular nowadays, people pretending to go to hell and heaven and come back. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your call. John, I would like to approach one other aspect with you, and and uh, we we think you know it's in us to do this, but but you've made a point to me earlier that it's it's really this witnessing and being an evangelistic uh, witness for the Lord is really in our the strength does not come from within; it comes from the Lord. Mm. It's it's absolutely true, and when mm. we learn to walk with Him more and more closely, then and we allow. His burden for the lost to begin to permeate our hearts, then mm. our love for the lost grows because God does care and wants to see uh, people have a chance to hear the gospel. And so when I let Him love people through me, my love grows, and I learn my spiritual antenna go yeah. up, and I start to be on His mission. And this is about His work. This is not about my work. Yeah. And um, and it's it, honestly, it's the greatest fun we get to have this side of heaven where we join God in what he's doing in the lives of people around us. And some of those are our family, and that's really, really fun. My friends, uh, we encourage you this Christmas season in particular to be praying. Be praying for those opportunities, that your eyes would be open to these opportunities to share the good news of the gospel. ShareLife.today, a website, ShareLife.today, and EvangelismExplosion.org. John, thanks so much for being with us today. It was a joy, Jim. Thanks for inviting me, and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, friends. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.